Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you are going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. So you're not perfect. Well, join the club. None of us are perfect, except there was only one that was ever perfect, and of course his name was Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about the fact that we are not perfect and we all make mistakes. You know, the Lord says all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so who started this good work in you? Was it you or was it Christ? And why... Are we not consumed when we make mistakes or several mistakes? Does God allow pain in our life to keep us from the greater failure? We can look at Peter, our example. Is Peter a great example of God's restoration power? We will look at all these questions and more in today's message. We're going to be starting out in our text, which is Hebrews 12.2. And it just basically tells us that God is the one that started this work, and he's going to finish it. In Hebrews 12.2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, he's the one, like I said, who started it, and he's the one who's going to finish it. That is so comforting. If you have a wayward child, but you know the Lord's spoken to them before, you know the Lord's pricked their heart, well, you have this promise, and no matter how far that child strays away, the Lord says, if I started a good work in that child, I'm going to finish it. And we see in Romans 8, 1, that there is there now for No condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus in who walk after the if we walk after the flesh, but not after the spirit. And so it says also in Romans 8, 33 through 34, it says, who is he that condemneth? Is it 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 is Christ that died? Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? So when anyone tries to judge you, you got to remember that your, your Savior, Jesus Christ, is at the throne of the Father, ever making intercession for you. And then in verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And of course the answer is no. None of these things shall separate us from the love of God. We have the Lord interceding for us. We have a promise from God that he who started this good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So you're, he's not going to drop you just because you make a mistake. You know, if you had a little toddler and they made a big mess and maybe they even had an accident in their, you know, in their potty training, are you going to just throw this child outside and say, oh, well, you know, I tried to help you, kid, but 
too bad, so sad. No, you wouldn't do that to your child. And God is a much better parent than any of us are. And when you make a mistake and mess up, he's not going to kick you under the bus or throw you outside. He's going to t- he's going to pick you up, clean you up, and put you back on the right track and help you and hold your hand until you get strong enough to walk on your own. Of course, we'll never get strong enough to walk on our own because we, we always have to depend on our Father. Because he's stronger than us, and he's so long-suffering and patient that he will never, I think there's a song it's called, he will never throw the clay away. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? We see in Philippians 1.6 that says we can be confident. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's exactly what we were talking about. You know, we see we see that God was the one who started it, and he's the one who is going to complete it. You know, we may come the easy way or we may come the hard way, but we're coming. He called us, and he started a good work in us. We could come screaming and shouting and kicking our feet like a little uh, infant throwing a fit, or we can come the easy way, but he, we're going to come. You know, one time he told Paul, he said, Paul, you must preach in Rome. And I heard a preacher say one time, it didn't matter if the ship fell apart. It didn't matter if there was a a storm, a huge storm, because God had already said, Paul, you must preach at Rome. So he said that um, this preacher I heard, he said that um, Paul might get there. He might get there wet. He might get there hungry. He might get there tired, but he's going to get there. If God's told you you're going somewhere, you're going to get there by hook or by crook. You know what I'm saying? So we see that in Lot's story, you know. The Lot um, was in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Lord had heard of the very severe wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he sent the angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lot was there, Lot, the righteous man Lot. And so the Lord told the angels to warn righteous Lot to get his family and get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, for he could not do anything. He could not destroy the city until Lot was removed. And because he doesn't destroy the righteous with the wicked. So Lot argued, believe it or not, he argued with the angels. And so in God's mercy and kindness, it says the angels took Lot by the hand and his family and took them out of Sodom and Gomorrah before the fire and brimstone fell. So that's your merciful God. Even if you argue with the Lord, even if you slip up and fall, and we're not perfect, God's still going to take you by the hand, and he's going to get you out of harm's way. And so we have a a great God, a merciful God, a long-suffering God that we can trust. We can trust him with our eternity, and we can we can trust him right here, right now, in today's problem that we have, and tomorrow's problem. You know, we see in Psalms 138, verse 8, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. So he says he's going to perfect everything that concerns you. Like I said, it may not happen in an easy way. It may, it may take minutes 
It may take days. It may take years to perfect those things. You know, sometimes we bury our pains and our hurts, and we try to cover them up with busyness. You ever met anybody that just couldn't sit still? They had to be doing something constantly. They never could sit still with their own thoughts. There's probably or possibly something in their heart that they're burying, some pain that maybe happened as a child or some pain that they want to bury or they don't want to think about. And so they try to keep themselves busy enough not to have to sit down with their own thoughts and quiet and think about it. And then other people, of course, self-medicate with alcohol, drugs, whatever the case may be. But the, the ultimate goal in some of these people's life is to try to bury that pain. But the Lord doesn't want us to do that because he says he will perfect that which concerneth us. It could be a very small concern. It could be going to the doctor tomorrow. It could be uh, any number of things. But the Lord is concerned. If it concerns us, it concerns the Lord. And he wants to perfect that thing. So whose work is it? It's not our work. It's God's work. And in Lamentations three twenty-two and 23, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and thought, you know what, I just can't do this today. I just can't go to work today, or I can't go to school today. I'm just not going to make it. I just can't. Uh, these, These weights on me, these problems, these concerns are just too heavy. But you know what? You have a promise. His promise right here, he says, his mercies are new every morning. Just because you went to bed with that heavy weight on you, when you get up in the morning, his mercies are new every morning. And he promises that as your days are, so shall your strength be. You know, that means that if your days, if you wake up this morning, as your days are, so shall your strength be. If he woke you up this morning, he's going to give you strength for today. I know in my own life, I went through a long court battle. And and there were days when I just didn't think I could make it. And actually, one day I was praying on the way to court, just begging the Lord to take my life because I just couldn't do it anymore. I just absolutely couldn't do it anymore. And do you know what happened when I got to court? I met people who ministered to me. I met news reporters who wanted to listen to my side of the story. I got in elevators with people who God had placed there. Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. And because as my days were, so was my strength. His promises are all yea and amen. If you find a promise to anyone in the Bible and you're a born-again believer, a child of God, you can take that promise as your very own and pray it back to your Father who's in heaven. And he will give you grace and mercy for your days. So if you're facing something, maybe something next week, something that's coming up tomorrow or this afternoon, and you're just fearful and your strength is gone and you can't do it, rely on the Lord and believe him and take him at his word that he's going to give you the strength for your day. You know, the Bible says when we are weak, he is strong. 
You know, I asked the Lord one time about fasting, how because when you fast, you get so much closer to the Lord. And I asked the Lord, I said, why does that work? I mean, I understand that it works because I had practiced it quite a bit because God's mercy allowed me to. And I was going through such severe trials. I knew I had to have an answer. So that was one of the ways I got God's mind on subjects. But I just, I was curious. I said, why does that work? I see that it works in my own life. There's no doubt about it. And the Lord said, when we are weak, he is strong. When our flesh becomes weak through fasting or through exhaustion because we're uh, working overtime all the time, when any reason that our flesh becomes weak, the spirit man inside of us, the Holy Spirit becomes strong, and we are able to hear his voice so much clearer at those times. So these things have principles. You know, just because um, something works doesn't mean we know why it works. I know one time, you know, the Lord was just trying to show me some of these principles, and I thought about, you know, some people quote, well, I believe God, and I, that settles it, you know, uh, and the word of God. And the Lord said, no. That doesn't settle it. Whether you believe or not, the word of God's still true. And he, he brought to my remembrance, uh, or the thought he brought to my mind was gravity. You know, the, the law of gravity. If you drop something, it falls to the ground. He said, you know, a two-year-old can drop a ball, and he has no clue what gravity is. And he doesn't know a thing about it. He doesn't believe in it. But he still the ball he drops still falls to the ground. And that's the way. That, it doesn't ma- matter if you believe it or not. If it's one of God's laws, like reaping and sowing or any of God's laws or principles, they're true, whether we believe them or not. And so he can show us why these principles work. And, you know, he doesn't mind us asking questions. Actually, he loves for us to ask questions. So if, if there's something you don't understand in the word of God or something you don't understand in your own life and your own walk with the Lord, you can go to him just like a little child can go to their father and say, Lord, why does this work this way? Or why did you allow this? Or why aren't my prayers being answered? Or any questions you have. He doesn't get mad at you. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. And that just means he's not going to chastise you or correct you or scold you for asking questions. He loves to answer his children's questions. And so I just encourage you today, if you have any questions for the Lord, go to him in prayer and he'll answer your questions. But, uh, you know, we wonder why, why, Lord, are we not consumed? And, why doesn't God just burn us up when we when we sin? And it's because his mercies are new every morning and he's long suffering and faithful and slow to anger. And you see, you know, would you expect a two year old to dress themselves and to go somewhere to comb their hair and put on their clothes and shoes and socks? Of course not. A two year old can't do all that for themselves. And sometimes the Lord understands our limited ability to do certain things that we must do. And he just wants us to come to him, our father, and ask for help. So I encourage you today to run to your father when you make a mistake. Don't run from him. You know, Adam, when he made a mistake, he hid. It says he used to walk with the Lord in the cool of the day in the garden. But then they, they made their mistake of eating the fruit 
that the Lord had forbid them to eat. And so they didn't run to their father. They ran away from him and hid in the garden. And, of course, we all know you can't hide from the Lord. But the Lord came and called Adam's name, and he he began to minister to Adam. So when you make a mistake, don't run and hide from God. Run to God, and he will minister to you. He says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and not only that, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as high as the, as the heavens are above the earth, so much higher are God's thoughts than our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 12:9 it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now this passage was happening to the Apostle Paul when he had a thorn in his flesh. And it says he had sought the Lord three times. And after the third time, the Lord spoke to him in this passage, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, that's Paul speaking, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's exactly what we were talking about. Then he says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul is saying, if this infirmity is going to cause your power to dwell in me more richly and more strongly, he says, I'm going to glory in my infirmities. So he says, basically, he's saying, I'm going to thank you for my sins or or for my failings, because I know when I fail, the power of Christ not only when I fail, but when I fail and then bring the problem to God, the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so he says, so therefore I glory in my infirmities. Of course, that doesn't mean we glory in sin. That means we glory in the fact that when we fall, we have an advocate with the Father. And we have someone interceding for us. And, and we have a Father who's long-suffering and merciful who wants to restore us back to himself. Just like he did Adam in the garden, and just like we'll see in a few passages how he does for Peter the Apostle. And in Psalms 103.14, it says, For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are just dust. So God is not putting his, you know, we always talk about putting all our eggs in one basket. God's not putting all his eggs in your basket because he knows that we're just dust. And he knows our frame, how weak we are. And he knows our pride. And he knows that we will be exalted above measure. You know, one of the reasons that uh, Paul had this thorn in the flesh in the first place is because he had seen wonderful lofty things in the third heaven and it said that this thorn was a gift it was a gift to him from god to keep him from being exalted above measure because pride goes goes before a fall and um and and we don't want to fall in our pride when the lord gives us these great blessings so sometimes he has to send us a thorn to go along with our blessings and we see in Psalms 103:13 how much our father loves us it says like as a father pitieth his children so the lord 
pitieth them that fear him. So we have a wonderful father that pities us when we fall and when we make mistakes and when we're weak because he knows our frame and he knows that we're just dust. And in Isaiah 66, 13, it says, As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comforteth you. So we see in these two verses in Psalms 103, 13, and in Isaiah 66, 13, that he's like a father and a mother. And, you know, one time the Lord was teaching my husband and I something about the differences between a father and a mother. And it was so funny. We were at the mall, and this little boy right in front of us fell. He had a whole basket full of candy. I don't know if it was Easter or something, but he fell down, and he spilled all of his candy. And there were several women around him. I'm assuming one of them was his mother, maybe his aunts or something like that. And they all ran over there and began to gather up the candy and put it back in the basket. But the little boy was just laying there looking so forlorn. He was probably about three years old. And I was thinking to myself, why don't one of those women pick that baby up and hug him and tell him it's okay, you know? And uh, and my my husband, after we got past the little boy and we were all, we were both observing this, and my husband's going, why didn't that kid get up? And I'm thinking, well, his feelings are hurt. Some of the, one of those ladies should have picked him up and comforted him. And we just laughed. We looked at each other and we just laughed and realized the Lord was showing us that's the difference between a mother's heart and a father's heart. And it's so funny because that's why the Lord puts children in a home in a perfect situation where there is a mother and a father. A father is the disciplinarian and a mother's the comforter. And what an illustration that was right there in the middle of this busy mall that the Lord showed us that I wanted to comfort the little boy. And my husband wanted to tell the little boy you ought to get up and, you know, act like a man, you know, so to speak. But it was so funny because we knew that it was the Lord showing us, giving us an illustration of something he was already teaching us. And so God will do that for you, too. You know, if he's teaching you something, you you need to observe. You know, there's one scripture that says, who is blind but my servant? And... uh And basically what's the Lord saying? He said, you see many things, but you don't observe. In other words, we could have just ignored that little boy. That incident did have nothing to do with us. We weren't, you know, responsible for this child. And we could have ignored it. But as we looked at it and pondered it, we saw that it was an illustration the Lord was putting in our path. And so many times when the Lord's trying to teach you something, you need to pay attention to your surroundings and the things that affect your life because it's very possible that the Lord could be giving you an illustration of something he's trying to teach to you. So that we don't want to be blind. We want to be observant. Just like Moses, you know, the Lord said when Moses turned and looked at the burning bush, that's when the Lord spoke to him out of the burning bush. Moses could have just walked right by that burning bush and never met the Lord But God wanted him to observe and listen to what he wanted to say to Moses because he had a call on Moses' life. Amen. And we see in Psalms um, 103, verse 10, that he hasn't dealt with us according to our sins. In other words, he hasn't uh, required us to uh, always be perfect. It says, he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. 
And so um, we do have an example of that. And it is, it is the Apostle Peter, the disciple Peter in Luke 22, 33 through 34. And then also in Luke uh, 22, verses 54 through 62. And that's where you have the story of the things that went on in Peter's life. And we see in those scriptures that how the Lord was dealing with Peter and how he was uh, ministering to him there. And we'll read that right now in Luke 22. In verse 33 and 34, and it says, And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death, seeking to the Lord. And then the Lord says unto Peter, he says, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. So Peter had one opinion of himself, but the Lord knew the truth. And we see later on in the story what happened. And it's in verse 54, and it says, then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. You know, we do that sometimes. We follow afar off, and that's a dangerous place to walk. We need to be close to the Lord and follow close to the Lord. But then in verse 55 it says, And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know not, I know not him. And after a little while, another one saw him, another person saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently confirmed, saying of a truth, this fellow who was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And so Peter fell, being one of the most loved and most beloved apostles, and God restored him. And so if God's going to restore Peter, and God's going to take and be patient with Lot and lead him out of, the, uh, out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he destroys the city, how much more patient is he going to be with us? You know, he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't love Lot or Peter any more than he loves you. And we see in Psalms 86:15, But Lord, thou art full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. And in Joel 2, 12 through 13, Joel is speaking to the believers in his day, and he says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, 
Turn ye even unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, kindness, and he repenteth him of evil. And so the Lord wants us to turn to him today and, and be blessed and be with him in his kingdom so that we can be with him in heaven forever. And I'm going to read out of Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme today, as I do every week. And uh, we're going to be reading out of October the 23rd. And this is, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hand. And the poem that goes with that says, We all have imperfections, but we need not worry, for the Lord will correct them, and he's not in a hurry. He's seen the mess we've made, the tangled webs we've weaved, and he is here to fix them if we will only believe. And that is Apples of Gold, a devotional in rhyme. And that book is available on on Barnes & Noble and Amazon and on our website. It is also available on our website, and our website is www.asheepspeaks.org. That's www.asheepspeaks.org. And I encourage you to like this uh, and like, share, and follow this podcast today if it's ministered to you. And you can also find links to our YouTube, Facebook page, and contact information on that same website. And, uh, and I am available to speak and to sing at your events. I'm also here every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. And once again, that website is www.asheepspeaks.org. And I encourage you to follow me here and like this video. Please share it on your social media. And thank you. I will see you again next Tuesday. Thanks for dropping by.